Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast, where we challenge you to think differently about your approach to health and wellness. My name is Heather Duranja, and I'm excited to be here with you to take you on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hello, everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, I have special guest, Marcella Friel. She is a food and forgiveness mentor who uses the tool of EFT, which is emotional freedom techniques to help health conscious women love and forgive themselves, their food and their figure. In 2018, Marcella founded the Women Food and Forgiveness Academy, an online transformational mentorship program to help women cultivate unconditional self-love as the path to health supportive food choices and long-term sustainable body weight balance. She is author of the book, Tap, Taste, Heal, Use Emotional Freedom Techniques to Eat Joyfully and Love Your Body, available everywhere books are sold. Marcella lives in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains of South Colorado and spends her free time soaking in the many geothermal hot springs around her beloved home. Fabulous. I love hot springs. I didn't. um, So tell me about this mountain area that you're in. So you're in Southern California or Southern um, Colorado? Yeah. I Well, first of all, Heather, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really, really happy to be here. I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about. Um, you. Yeah, I live in Southern Colorado. And in fact, right behind me um, is a 14,000 foot mountain. Wow. And in front of me from my office, like I can look over here and I can see New Mexico 80 miles away. And out this window, I can see the San Juan Mountains. Um, They're about 50 miles away. So I live in the largest Alpine Valley in North America. Um, I live at 8,500 feet altitude in a town of 1,500 people that is home to 28 different spiritual communities. Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah, really- so what I like to say is that I live in the third eye of the North American continent. Uh, I love that. Oh yeah, it's really great. I mean, I'm literally sitting up, looking out. Uh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, did you choose this or did it choose you? Oh my gosh. Well, do we, you know, uh, it was it was a little bit of both. I mean, I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area And, you know, I'll tell you um, honestly about my experience there, because I lived in the San Francisco Bay Area for a total of about 25 years. And and I lived in San Francisco for a while, and then I lived in Sonoma County in the wine country. And toward the end of my time there, I really started to feel the combination of the sort of economic acceleration, like the, the... I, you know, the impact of the humans mm-hmm. on the land mm-hmm. and the um, ecological, you know, impact. Like there was a point where I was walking up in the hills in Sonoma County and everything was so dry. And I said to myself, my God, I mean, it's just a matter of time until this fire comes. And of course, we know the rest of the story from there. So, um, you know, I got priced out. Mm. And and you know at the time of course it was a big trauma Mm -hmm. and now I look back and say thank you Mm -hmm. and you know I know you know that process Um, but really what happened was the universe took me out of the Bay Area and literally planted me down in this place in the middle of nowhere seemingly I have friends and community here so it wasn't like I just landed on Mars you know but um it was it was a very 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 powerful process and i am every single day every day i have deep deep i mean this mountain is my mother now i have such gratitude for being here i have i have to applaud you for being able to hear that inner calling and listen to that intuition of what was to come and knowing that that wasn't the place you were supposed to be and being able to have the courage to um 
let go of the 25 years of attachment to yep. the location and offer yourself the ability to experience the freedom, the joy, you know, the contentment that you now get to gratefully celebrate day after day. That's yeah, beautiful. no kidding. Well, I know you know, Heather, what it's like mm -hmm. when the rug is pulled out and then the floor is pulled out and then the earth is pulled out. Absolutely. Right. And there you are in that, like, you know, the what the fuck zone, like, well, and uh, to me, a lot of the work that I do with the women I work with is around the archetypal, pro you know, the archetypal journey of transformation, the heroine's journey. And that place where the rug and the floor and the earth are all pulled out is what I like to call the abyss. Mm, yeah, it's like the place that. where everything breaks down and really you, you get stripped down yeah, to your bare bones. And for me, when that process happened for me, the, you know, within the abyss, if we can really surrender to it, there's a revelation, right? There's a revelation that comes. Absolutely. We call that the gift of the goddess. Um, and for me, that revelation was, you know, I'm not my traumas. You know, I'm not, I am not the sum total of everything that has happened to me mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. And you know, I feel strongly that when we're in denial and we're not listening to that heart and learning the lessons, the lessons just keep getting harder and harder. And that rug pull just keeps getting oh, yeah. deeper and more traumatic and more immense. And more often than less, you know, we're really stuck in that victim mentality. Poor me. When do I get my break? But and what we fail to realize is that We've had all of these opportunities. We haven't taken them. Therefore, that message has to keep getting, you know, uh, more extreme to catch our attention. Yeah, you know, that's so interesting about denial, because one of the things that I've realized in my in my own journey um, as a I like to call myself a transformational mentor for health conscious women, I help women develop unconditional self-love and self-forgiveness as a way of healing like yo-yo dieting binge eating sugar addiction body shaming and one of the things i've learned and one of the things i work with a lot in my women food and forgiveness academy is that every experience has an element of the sacred in it so like you're talking about the denial and the messages having to get louder you know my own experience with denial and my observation of denial is that it really provides us a kind of protection. Like when we're not ready, you know, for me, what that looked like was, well, I don't know, I'm starting to feel kind of uncomfortable here. I think I should leave, but I don't know. And I don't know, you know, and I couldn't quite stare into the headlights full on, you know what I mean? So I just kind of had to keep myself in a little bit of a, a woolly, foggy place. And then the choice, you know, then the universe came along and said, okay, it's time now, let's go, you know? Um, so, you know, those, those states of mind in my experience, you know, they, they too have their wisdom. Mm -hmm. And the question then becomes like, can I, can I work with rather than work against? Absolutely. It's really surrendering to the acceptance, the, the truth of what is in the moment, right? We get so caught up in back there and out there that we can't really be present and listen to what is actually happening in our now moment. We just get so distorted and so distracted with all of these other things. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love it. So, you know, I for me, I will just say that as a woman, as a human, one of my biggest core wounds that I had to wrestle with was abandonment mm. and how abandonment played a role in all of these rugs getting pulled out from underneath my feet. And so majority of the time, when I look back at my journey, I realized that the abandonment I thought I felt coming from others was really the abandonment of self. 
So what is this high cost of self-abandonment in your opinion and experience with coaching others? Oh my goodness, this is such an enormous topic. Self-abandonment. You know, so I think that as women, we have really been culturally conditioned to self-abandon for centuries. So one of the things I like to say is that, you know, as women, we are vessels by nature. So we hold, we literally hold life inside of our body and we give birth to life. And whether or not we've actually done that, you know, we still have that, that set up, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And there's so much in the culture that says, be good, be nice, don't look bad, don't smell bad. You know, uh, a big one, of course, for a lot of my clients, eat like a lady, whatever that means, eat less. Um, you know, we're, we're constantly being conditioned to sort of fit ourselves in between the cracks of other people's expectations of who we think we should be. And I think where that leaves us, Heather, is in a kind of um, collective deficit of um, a collective deficit of like self-presencing. Yeah, I just made that up this moment, but that's, you know, it's like we we have not, we as women, we really haven't been entrained to inhabit our bodies, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to really be a stand for what we need, lovingly, you know, sometimes assertively. Mm-hmm. Um, And consequently, the cost of that, you know, and I know you say this in your work too, you know, we, the cost of that self-abandonment is that we're constantly looking outside ourselves for the things that really the answers are here. Mm -hmm. So the most common place that shows up in my work with my women is dieting. Mm -hmm. So we have a $72 billion dollar diet industry that is constantly dangling the next shakes, powders, you know, gym memberships, blah, 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 you know, body nip and tuck procedures. I mean, the whole thing. Um, But in my own work with women, what I see is that the the food and body love struggles are really like the tip of the iceberg. Mm When you go right underneath that, what you find is like distressing, like emotions, you know, well, like, let's say, just say stress and anxiety. Right. Then what comes right underneath that are um, traumatic experiences. But at the very, very bottom are the beliefs that we form about ourselves. So it's like what I have when I, when I realized I am not my traumas. Mm-hmm. What I really realized is that for me in my own trauma healing journey, um, it wasn't so much what happened to me. Mm -hmm. It was what I decided about myself from those experiences. I know you're nodding. It's so great. And then, and then the revelation for me was not only am I not my traumas and not only am I not these negative stories that I'm telling myself, but also, I don't have to keep punishing myself because of somebody else's unconsciousness. And when I really got that, like in the marrow of my bones, that was the point at which, you know, that abyss, that abysmal dark night of the soul, you know, the light began to appear and that began the, the, the ascension, so to speak. Um, So that's what I see. So in terms of like the high cost of self-abandonment, you know, we start to try to fix the problem from a place of self-abandonment, i.e., oh, if I can only get the perfect body or eat the perfect food or, you know, eat like a bird when I really want to eat the whole plate. Um, We're working way up here when the problem is, when the the challenge or the invitation actually is way down here. 
you know. So I like to say I take women down into the boiler room. Like we go down <laughs> into the boiler room to see what's going on there and how we can liberate it. And I think that this is where coaching and having support can really be beneficial because it is such a scary place to navigate. And we've got a subconscious brain that's trying to just keep us safe and alive. It doesn't know good or bad. It doesn't recognize that in order to feel that joy and contentment in our lives that we have to go through those dark, you know, boiling points. So the brain tries to stop us before we get too close to entering those realms and having a support system can be really beneficial to help allow us to actually go there, do yep. the work and then reemerge into this new being that the subconscious was like, we don't know what that looks like. That's not safe. We're going to sabotage right here, you know, and and in my, in my own work and what I see happening with, you know, women and men too, is that they start to have success and then subconsciously they come in and they sabotage that without their awareness. And then they judge that as I am a failure. I am not worthy. I am not deserving. And it just reinforces that whole negative loop that keeps us from being able to go in, do the work, heal the emotional traumas that are deeply embedded within us at a cellular level. Mm -hmm. And um, we just keep repeating the patterns. Yeah. And again, that whole thing with sabotage. So one of the courses that's on my brand new course platform, which I'll talk about a little later on. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to talk about, which is the secret wisdom of sabotage. And when, you know, when we can reclaim the wisdom, and it's exactly what you touched on right there, Heather, like, you know, we progress. And then there's a certain point where maybe we don't recognize ourselves. So who am I if I'm not my traumas, and my negative story, who am I really? What? Okay, so we have to like pull back. Yep. And the real key to that uh, I have found is just being able to witness it mm -hmm. without judgment. And I think that that's such an uncomfortable place for so many to be because we're so caught up in our stories of judgment. They're everywhere. Everywhere we look, they're being reinforced. Yeah. So it's very difficult for one to say that it's okay to not judge because it's that autopilot system. Right. So, you know, I know that, that you do tapping. Yes. So um, I'd like to talk a little bit about how tapping can help be a tool to support us through that uncertainty, through that unknown and help with reaching the limbic system and our nervous system in a way that's going to allow us to actually do that work. Right. Well, yes. Tapping is really amazing. It's really pretty powerful. It's remarkably simple. Um, and I want to say too, before I forget that tapping is a great thing to teach to children. And of course we know how much stress children are under yeah. like, uh, from all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that's great about tapping with children is that it gives them agency. It gives them something that they can do for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I just want to make that little pitch. But yeah, essentially what tapping is, some people call it emotional acupuncture. Or some people call it acupuncture without needles. So what we do when we're using tapping is we we recollect we actually call forward a stressful a belief or a situation or just an emotion that we're feeling um eft is called eft stands for emotional freedom techniques it's another name for tapping and the whole idea of emotional freedom isn't that we shouldn't feel negative feelings because it's just like you're saying about the subconscious you know there's all sorts of messages happening um but rather that the negative feelings arise, they dwell, and then they subside. Mm -hmm. Our negative feelings get caught when we, when we get caught on like, a, um, like an associative memory. So tapping, we can bring up something very stressful like that kind of a memory, associative memory, 
And while we're thinking about it, we fingertip tap on points that are at or near the ends of certain acupuncture meridians. And it's just fingertip tapping, you know, it's very light. And that tapping acts like a, a, like a circuit breaker. It like pulls the circuit on the electromagnetic signal of the distress. So it helps to um, down, what's called downregulate the limbic system. So something that can be really scary, really terrifying, really enraging, you know, with some tapping, it just becomes, it's like this pen. Mm -hmm. It, it the, the charge, the associative negative emotional charge is completely neutralized. So one, so speaking of the high cost of self-abandonment, um, you know, one of the ways that we can self-abandon is that we will base our self-worth on what other people think about us. And for a lot of my clients, one of the ways that will show up is like, for example, let's say, um, you know, you start to lose the weight. And then people say, oh my gosh, you're losing the weight. You look fantastic. And there's that, oh my God, I just want to hide and disappear. You know, again, here's the protection, right? It's not safe. Um, so what I do, like in tap, I use the tapping work to resource women and say, look, people are gonna say these things to you. They mean well, you know, and just for the record, anybody who's listening to this, like if you, if you have somebody in your life who's losing weight, leave it alone. It's her journey, it's her path. Don't comment on it. Let her have her process, but people will do this. So how do you find the, how do you attend to yourself and find that inner core where you can get your sea legs and, and, you know, know how to weather that, those feelings when they come up so that you don't have to resort to sabotage. Do you see? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I just want to make sure I was explaining that all really, you know, clearly. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think that we need tangible things to help support that journey because it is unknown. It is uncertain. We, you know, we have been so attached to the identity and the safety and the security of, you know, especially when it comes to being overweight. Um, we emotionally suppress all of the things and then we're seeking comfort. We're seeking soothing. We right. typically do that through the use of food. Right. And when it's such an autopilot programmed behavior that we, you know, it's, we don't even have to think about it. That's just what we do. So when we're trying to develop a new behavior, sometimes we need something tangible to help bridge that gap and get us over to the other side with like a hand railing to hold yeah. on to. Yeah. <laughs> So I really like tapping it for me, tapping wasn't something I was really introduced to until about a year ago at the beginning of the pandemic. And when I was really feeling a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty at the time I was dating someone who was in another country and had no idea if we were ever going to be able to see each other again. Unfortunately, we did not. But I use tapping as a way to help support my nervous system um, to help learn how to co-regulate these, these tough moments. Oh. So I found the power in it. Um, I can't remember exactly how I was introduced. I think a friend introduced me to it and I was like, wow, th there's something to this. This is powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, it's pretty amazing. Wow. I'm glad you had that available to you. What a... My goodness, what an ordeal I'm, yeah. I'm on top of everything else, you know, to have something like that. Everything happens as it's supposed to. So <laughs> right, ultimately, everything happens as it's supposed to. But um, so I'm curious, you know, when it comes to the self-abandonment personality and the compulsive concern over our emotional needs of others, it comes at the expense of our own well-being. And in my opinion, this is very much a 
programmed, inherited type of belief and mindset. Yeah. So how does one start to let go of that programming? How do they start to challenge that? Oh, this is the work of our time, right? Amen. Yeah. You know, um, this is kind of an aside. I'm going to, I'm going to sneak around the back door to that, to the answer to that question. Um, I don't know if you've heard the term, the attention economy. I have. Yeah. So that has really been intriguing to me a lot lately. So I've been, you know, doing a lot of my own research and reading about how, you know, especially during this, during the global, you know, when the global shutdown started mm -hmm. and we have a whole world of people on screens now. And, you know, what's on the other side of the screen is constantly manipulating mm -hmm. to get us to stare at the screen as long as we possibly can. And what I have learned through my own research and just, you know, following different thought leaders and stuff is that our attention has become one of the most valuable prized and sought after commodities. So, okay, we have oil and we have water and we have natural resources, but then we have our attention. So one of the things I talk to the women in my academy about, the term that I use is curating your vibration, taking response ability, the ability to respond, recognizing that where we place our attention is, you know, making conscious decisions about where we're placing our attention is the, and where we're not placing our attention. I, you know, that media outlet, that website, that person, they are not worthy of my attention. When we start to draw that line and take that sword out and make those choices, this is the beginning of getting our power back. I know, I know, you know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> I'm over here like praising you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there's a saying, the universe says yes to every thought. So if we say it's impossible to lose weight, the universe says, okay, fine, great. You know, if we say I can do this, the universe says, great. And the universe will work with us either way. It doesn't have a fundamental bias, so because, but, it, but it has a lot of power. So we have to claim our ability to make conscious choices about where we put our energy. That's the beginning. And then the other piece that you said about getting support, Heather, because none of us can really see our own eyeball, mm -hmm. you know? So we need those mirrors to reflect back to us both um, you know, our strength and our beauty and our wisdom and our power and our grace. And then also the ways that we are employing various tactics to protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe when we're really ready to outgrow that. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful explanation. I, I love it. I love you. I love the work that you're doing. <laughs> It's so on point. Um, yeah. and, and the reality is, is that we have to do this work. If we want to change the trajectory of where we're heading as a collective humanity, we have to change or it's going to continue to just get more and more traumatic. And one of the most powerful things we can do to change is to simply walk away. Agreed. So uh, I know we're kind of we're covering a lot of territory here, but one of the things for myself that I have started to employ in my own life is a technology Sabbath. Mm -hmm. So on the weekends, I don't work on Friday evenings. Everything goes down. The router goes down. Everything goes down mm -hmm. until Sunday afternoon. I love that. And yeah. So necessary. I myself on at the end of last year, I actively chose 
to uninstall all media sources from my cell phone. That way I would only have access to text messages and my business email and personal email and then like bank accounts, necessary things that have to be accessed in the event that I'm away. And it was truly, it, it was frightening. I am not gonna lie. When I was uninstalling that Instagram and uninstalling the Facebook and uninstalling the news thread, I was like, oh, this is scary. And there was parts of me that were like, oh, is it really necessary? I can have control. And then I realized, what's the resistance with just letting it go? Go there, see what the possibility is. And I'll be so honest with you. It was literally one of the best gifts I could have given myself. Absolutely. I'm almost six months into now not having, I literally have one device that has those programs downloaded on and I can only access it at home connected to my Wi-Fi. That is the only way. And it has been so powerful in me being able to reclaim my time management, be able to be very conscious with how I'm choosing to allocate any free time that I have available to myself. And yeah. it's been so rewarding, like so rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what I, what I find is it, it's a kind of rewilding process, you know? So we look at the outer world and the natural world is a wilderness, but so is the inner world. Mm -hmm. And when I, I mean, especially here, I live in God's playground, you know, um, I unplug and I go out for a six mile hike and I'm, I don't have, yeah. and my, I, it's a rewilding. Yeah. 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 So the high cost of self-abandonment um, is, you know, the other piece of it with all of this, uh, you know, all of it is conspiring, if you will, to, to keep our soul floating outside of our bodies and to keep us disempowered and disembodied and disassociated. Mm -hmm. So it's a really radical act first of all, to recognize it, second, you know, to recognize it, and then to begin the process of just calling those pieces back. And tapping, EFT tapping is a great tool for doing that because what tapping does, it, it creates the container inside the body where all those split off pieces can start to come back in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it takes courage and it takes support, just like what you were saying, you know? Yeah. Ah, this is such good stuff. You know, back to the comment that you made earlier about what we're consuming. The, the reality is, is that the biggest price tag we carry, especially in the United States, is our consumption, the way that we consume things. And we, we are just consumers. We're consumers of fast food, convenience food, caffeine, nicotine, recreational drugs, media, social media, any kind of quick fix that we can get our hands on, we are just constantly consuming. And we have to recognize that these things that are intentionally being sold to us to consume are keeping us in those lower vibrational states on purpose so that we don't have the ability to go within, hear that calling, hear that heart, hear that intuition. And if we are sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, then we have to take responsibility and recognize energy, time, and our financial resources. Those are the three things that we have available to us that we can control. And if we choose to look at how we're allocating these three resources, it's going to give us a huge insight into where we need to start shifting our efforts, shifting our behaviors so that we have the ability to go where we want to go. Wow. You know what? This really brings up a topic that is very close to my heart, which is home cooking. Ooh, please tell me more. Well, you're talking about consuming. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I wrote in my notes here, consu from consumer to creator. Mm -hmm. 
you know? Yeah. I I lived in Mexico years and years ago, and I remember thinking like, gosh, these people don't buy a lot of stuff, but they make things. Mm -hmm. They make, you know, what they, the bowls they eat out of, and they make the clothes they wear. They're makers, consumers. I mean, I'm sorry, creators rather than consumers. So, you know, that's a big shift for those of us who have been, um, you know, indoctrinated into the consumer culture. But one of the places where we can begin doing, making that shift into being a creator is beginning to cook our food at home. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to do a presentation on mindful eating for like a corporate wellness program. And, you know, one of the rules of mindful eating is uh, eat food prepared by loving hands in a loving way. Absolutely. So if you are consuming processed foods, chances are no human hand has touched that food. Or if any human hands touched it, it was so far back in the production cycle. So it, the process, it's what you're talking about, that lower vibrational energy. It really, you know, how do we, how do we get prana from our food mm-hmm. if no human hands have touched that food in a loving way? Right. You know, it's like failure to thrive for a baby. How do we, we, how do we thrive? Right. We might exist. Yes. But at what cost, again, at what cost? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is such a topic near and dear to my heart. In 2015, I wrote a cookbook and it, I entitled it Getting Intimate in the Kitchen because I recognized, you know, that so many people don't know how to self-prepare their food. They don't know how to take things beyond just opening a box or a package and popping it in the microwave or into the oven. And so we, there's a lot of insecurity about taking action in that place. And so I really was very much heart driven to empower individuals on how we can take back, get back to the basics, learn how to take care of ourselves, our essential needs, meet those basic human needs. Um, And, and preparing our own food is such a vital component of that. It's, it's so vital. But again, back to people touching our food. So I talk about this all the time. Energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It's just transferred. Mm, Right, of course. If we're being dependent on going to fast food restaurants and convenient stops to get our food, chances are that anyone who has come into contact with that food is somebody who really doesn't like their life. They're not happy. They hate their minimum wage job and they're taking all of that negative energy and infusing it, that energy into the food that you are then consuming that's keeping your vibrational state low. The other thing is, is that these foods have been so heavily processed. All of their life force has been removed. Synthetic chemicals have been put back in to try and replace the original abundance of nutrients. It's never going to match up. It's never going to be the same. And as a result of that, it really keeps us stuck from being able to have the energy to put in to the trauma work. We can't, it's very challenging to go there and do that work where, when we're in that lower cell cellular vibration, I, I explained this to, I works a lot with, uh, substance and mental health abuse, like substance abuse and mental health. And when we are trying to go through the recovery process, cravings for sugar, cravings for these refined carbs and caffeine and nicotine enhance immensely. And it's because our body is trying to match that emotional vibration, that lower state of being. And those foods carry the vibrational match that our cells need in order to sustain a match. Yeah. So if we put an expectation that we have to overall overhaul our diet overnight and start just eating all of these things that our cells are saying, that's not what I want, then we're setting ourselves up for failure. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. Slowly start adding these more nourishing foods into the body So maybe you have an apple as a snack or, you know, you have a 
a salad instead of the hamburger for lunch. And as you start putting these more nourishing nutrients into the body, it allows the vibration to increase supporting a higher emotional state, which will then help with having confidence, having higher energy, and then provide you with the motivation and inspiration that you need to keep showing up for yourself instead of self-abandoning. Yeah. So, so what I hear in that is a, a kind of a, like a, it's not really harm reduction, but it's more like, um, well, maybe it is harm reduction. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like just that step ladder. Titration, the incremental piece of it mm -hmm. going incrementally rather than, than just overwhelming yourself with the expectation that you have to make this 180 degree shift. Right. Yeah. 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 I love what you're saying about the vibrational energy of that and like how the food choices set you up to do the work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and, and I have to say the, the Jewish had it right when they were, you know, making recommendations around kosher food mm -hmm. because they take into consideration the well-being of the animal at its time of death. And what we fail to recognize is that if that animal is in distress, they're releasing cortisol into their bloodstream, which then is getting embedded in the tissue that we will be later consuming. That's right. So this is contributing to the cumulative, which we already have way too much fight or flight and constant production of cortisol going on. Then if the foods we're eating are also contributing to that concentration, it's going to be very difficult for us to let go of the actual addiction we have to these chemicals and neurotransmitter, these hormones and neurotransmitters that are supporting that process as our autopilot default state. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and that what you're, what you're, the picture you're painting is very synergistic. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, I think, a really good point for all of us to remember is like, we, we are not automatons, we are interdependent with our environment and we are influenced by it. And we're not gonna, we cannot transform ourselves by ourselves. Yes. And correspondingly, you know, we begin the work with ourselves and let's say we make different choices about, well, am I gonna meet, eat meat? And if I am gonna meet, eat meat, what kind of meat? I wanna make more conscious choices. So then we begin to influence the food system that way. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned Judaism and this is a total aside, but somehow it fits in with everything else that we've been talking about. You know, if you look at Jewish culture, how is it that Judaism survived all these years, the pogroms and the displacements and everything else? Because the spirituality and the cultural cohesion of Judaism is around the family meal. Mm -hmm. You could be whatever you, whatever other identity you needed to assume. And then on Friday evenings, you come home, you shut those curtains and you light the candles and you bless the food. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a food based home based spiritual culture. Mm -hmm. I love that. That tells you volumes about the power of home cooked food and the power of the meal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for myself, I don't eat out often, not even at like nice restaurants. Um, I prefer to prepare my own foods. It's something that is a form of therapy for myself and uh, a place where I can get intimate and creative and all of the things. And then when I'm feeding myself that food, I feel so great. I'm, you know, it's like, oh, so much gratitude. So how, how can we connect people with getting back into the kitchen and doing, having the confidence to do more self-preparation of their own foods. Yeah, well, you know, you really nailed it when you said, um, take it incrementally. You know, we, we the other piece about um, our food culture, you know, we have these like gladiatorial cooking shows on TV, which are really fun to watch, but they really have nothing to do with like everyday home cooking. Um, I have a chapter in my in my book, Tap, Taste, Heal. I have a chapter called Dancing in the Kitchen. So it's very similar to what you're talking about, getting intimate. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can start with learning how to steam a vegetable. You can start with learning how to roast a sweet potato. 
you can, I mean, there are simple, simple things like for myself with, with my own home cooking, my style tends to be the cooking itself is very simple. Mm -hmm. The seasoning is more elaborate. So like steaming a vegetable, roasting a vegetable, um, you know, pan searing a piece of fish, really simple stuff. But then I keep really nice spice mixes or like infused vinegars or infused oils or, you know, condiments like flavoring agents mm -hmm. that you can put onto the food that make it taste great without having to really do very much of anything. Right. You know? So, yeah. I love I think the other piece of it too, and this is good. Yeah. People are going to really balk at this, but you know, having some sense of a plan, mm -hmm. you know, no, like learning how to stock your larder, mm -hmm. how to, what, you know, what are the essentials you need to keep in your cupboard so that whether you have cauliflower or, you know, sweet potato or green beans or whatever, like you can, there's kind of like the basic things that you can just do. Absolutely. I was teaching earlier today and we were talking about food preparation and I was explaining how on Sundays I go to the farmer's market, I pick up a plethora of all kinds of vegetables and then I come home and I prep them. I'll do a big sheet pan mixture of a ton of different roasted vegetables and then I use them various ways throughout the week. And typically by the time that Thursday rolls around, I don't want to have the roasted vegetables anymore as a side or mixed in with my salad. Instead, I will use what I have left to make an egg frittata. Mm, ah, there you go. There you go. To the egg frittata and still be able to get my vegetables first thing in the morning. I find that many people struggle with getting their vegetables in and, you know, trying to find different ways that we can sneak them in throughout the day um, and make it realistic, make it um, something that we enjoy. I feel that eating food is supposed to be a sensual experience. And I feel like our culture, our society has taken that whole sensory experience away. Just putting chicken into the pan and hearing it sizzle and then adding the spices and smelling <laughs> it infuse into the room. I mean, for me, that's the kind of stuff that gets me off. I'm like, Woo, this is exciting. Yeah, I, know, I know exactly. I know like, Oh, smell this. Yeah. Oh, it smells amazing. Yeah, yeah. Or gosh, doesn't that look beautiful? Yeah. Well, you know, that's something I, you know, I teach mindful eating as part of my work. And, you know, one of the things that you're really touching on there, Heather, is the difference between living life as survival mm -hmm. and living life as celebration. I love that. You know? So survival, when we are just in survival, we become truly savage mm -hmm. because, and that's where the consumerism comes from because we're just consuming, tossing, consuming, tossing. We're not, there's no, awareness, awakeness, consciousness, it's just survival, consumption, savagery, culture goes down the drain. Absolutely. But when and again, here's the whole thing about the attention economy and where we place our attention and how powerful it is, you know, to make a beautiful meal, a beautiful meal. And you know, those vegetables from the farmer's market, they're going to keep in the refrigerator all week because they're so much fresher. Mm -hmm. There's, and you're getting so much more prana yeah. to make that beautiful meal and to sit down and say, thank you. That's culture. That's where, that's where society begins reassembling itself or, or elevating Absolutely. from those simple acts of appreciation. Absolutely. I feel so much in alignment with all of your teachings. And in my opinion, I feel that what we are missing is we're missing self-love, we're missing gratitude, and we're missing purpose. And we can, when we have the ability to fill up these three cups, we've gotten there. <laughs> we're there. We're that heaven on earth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Self-love, right? Gratitude and purpose. And purpose. Write them down. Yeah. And the things that, you know, in my opinion, again, the things that keep us from achieving that are fear, scarcity, um, that. And you know, another one? Ocean. Yeah. Conformity. 
Conformity. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's a form of like a, a believing that we need the approval of the tribe, mm -hmm. you know, and again, that's a very deep survival instinct, of course. Yeah. And, you know, we have the conditions now where we can make more conscious choices. We can still relate to our tribe, but we can come in from a more conscious perspective. Like we can negotiate our differences. Absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a whole piece in the fall, the Women, Food and Forgiveness Academy that I teach, we work with archetypes of feminine power. I love it. So in the fall, we work with the energy of the queen. And the queen is the one who makes conscious choices. Mm -hmm. You know, she she charts her destiny. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the and and one of the terms that's what I was trying to remember one of the terms that we that I like to talk about in the context of the queen is your ordination. You know, your sacred ordination. What is it that you are ordained on this earth to do? Because that's an you you know we are made to create. Right. We are creators at heart, and when we don't heed that calling that's another piece of self-abandonment and that's where we keep ourselves from living in purpose living stepping into that purpose that piece of purpose that allows us to go from that surviving to thriving i feel so fortunate to be who i am today to yeah. have the opportunity to share the experiences, to share the knowledge. You know, I, I was in victim mentality for a first 40 years of my life, I was in victim mentality. And when I chose to step back and say, what's the common denominator in all of these circumstances? <laughs> it's me. It's you. Oh, it's me. There might be something to this. I might have to like undo the veil and get, get dirty. But, um, Really, it was the best gift I ever gave myself. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you, you know, when we talk about approval, I wanted to do a podcast for a very long time. I was very, very called to do a podcast. And I kept telling myself all these stories. Oh, no one's going to listen to it. Oh, there's already other people out there doing it. Oh, blah, 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 blah. But truthfully, the fear that was holding me back was, oh, shit. I'm going to create content that's going to be captured and it will be referenced and others might perceive it in a way that was not intended. And then I will not get their approval for whatever content I created because I knew I wanted to talk about some deep stuff mm -hmm. and I was very scared of how me sharing my perspective of my experiences, how it would come off to others. And guess what? It hasn't been perceived well by others. It's created a lot of conflict. However, because I know what my intention is and was with the use of this platform, it allows me an opportunity to share my perspective of the experience and then also help others connect with tools, resources, other ways of thinking to support themselves so that they can heal. And through my ability of utilizing this platform, it's allowed, it's honestly been one of the biggest tools to my own continued healing journey. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Having an opportunity to connect with another like-minded individual as yourself, being able to interview you and get your perspective of practices and thoughts. I mean, how, how amazing. I can't believe I almost deprived myself of this out of fear for how others would judge it. Mm-hmm. And this is, that is precisely another piece that we talk about when we are in the queen archetype is visibility. Mm -hmm. And the more we step out as ourselves, the more people are going to polarize. Yeah. There's going to be people who like, no way. And then there's going to be people who say, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, when my book came out, Tap, Taste, Heal, and I, you know, I started reading the reviews on Amazon and it was like, oh boy, 
you know, here, here are the people who like, oh, the two star reviews, you know, and this book, ah. and there was one person in particular who was like, she was really out to get me, man. She got me on Goodreads. She posted on Goodreads and Amazon and like all these other places. And I realized uh, she was doing me a great service actually, because anyone who resonated with her vibration was going to stay away. Yeah. And anybody who didn't, um, was just going to bypass her and like, okay, well, that's her, whatever. Yeah. So we don't really have to be worried about what other people think about us. What's more important is being true to ourselves. Absolutely. Self-abandonment to self-attending, like really, you know, so what's the opposite of self-abandonment? Being able to really attune and attend mm -hmm. to our experience. So one of the things I teach, and I'll just, I'll, I'll, wrap with this this will be a lesson but this is a great exercise and it's too bad we didn't get to do any tapping but but one of the things i teach my women um like when you're listening to someone keep your first awareness here on yourself keep your second awareness in the space around you and keep your third awareness on the object of your attention and just see, you know, just surf those waves as you engage and just see what, how that adds a certain dimension to your experience. Mm -hmm. So beginning to practice that as a 24 seven practice, I am here, I am in my body. I'm inside my experience, you know, try it and see what happens. Yeah. I love that. I, I could interview, we could talk for days, I think. At least. Honestly. And we should talk again. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I would love to have a part two to our conversation. I know that we didn't cover all of the things that I wanted to dive into, but um, your, your knowledge, your expertise, your spirit, your soul, you're just vibrating with just all of that beautifulness. And I am so grateful for you to take time out of your busy schedule to share with us. And for anyone who is listening, I encourage you to go and visit her website. You can find um, woman, womenfoodandforgiveness.com. And she has been so generous to offer everyone a hundred percent discount on an online course of their choosing. So you can use the code Heather100 to yeah. receive that discount. And if you don't go to the website and visit and receive your gift, I would encourage you to get curious about the resistance. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. what's going on with that? What's up with that resistance? What is going on? I mean, it doesn't get easier than that, right? For someone to offer as a free gift to help ourselves. So thank you for that generous um, offering. And I encourage everyone to take advantage of that. So Marcella, you are such a beautiful being. Thank you mm -hmm. so much for your time. Where can the audience find you if they want to learn more about you and your services? Well, you can certainly go to womenfoodandforgiveness.com and use that coupon. Any course that you take, I will be on the discussion board. So I'll meet you there. Um, that's certainly another place. I also have a website, marcellafriel.com, and you can find out more about my work there. Um, let's see, I, you know, I do have some social media platforms. I have a YouTube channel. I have Facebook. Um, YouTube is probably a better place, like just to go check out. Mm -hmm. So you can look at women, food and forgiveness on YouTube. Uh -huh. And again, there's just a bunch of videos there. Um, feel free to leave some comments. I'll meet you there as well. Yeah. I mean, those are just a couple of places to get started, but there's, there's certainly lots more. Well, I will make sure that we link all of those directly in the show notes oh, okay. to make it easy for individuals to find because I know how lazy we tend to be. If there's not a button we can push that's going to catapult us directly there, chances are we'll never go even though we have good will and intent to do so. We just don't. So um, thank you again. It's been such a pleasure. I look forward to following up with you and having a part two in our near future.
Yay. And you know, Heather, I just want to say one last thing. Uh, thank you for inviting me to join you in this conversation. It's been really fun. And you know what? Thank you for your healing. Thank you. You know, I, I'm very much committed. It is our responsibility to heal ourselves. And as we heal ourselves, we heal the collective. Yeah, we have to. That's why we came here. We're here to, to do the work. And I get excited about it. We all have resistance. But as soon as I start recognizing that resistance coming in, I get really excited. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is going to be beyond the door? <laughs> What waits for me, you know, instead of going, oh shit, I got to do this again. I remember right. a couple of years ago, I think it was 2018. I had a fucking meltdown, just an absolute meltdown because new stuff started to surface. And I was like, but I've already done the work. Like I've done the things. No, how can this be? When is it going to end? And I realized the work's never going to end. I am always going to continue to heal and evolve, heal and evolve. And I needed to get excited about that. And when I was able to shift that perspective, what came was absolutely priceless, literally just such a blessing. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.